Hallelujah. Good afternoon and uh, welcome to uh, the Leadership Equipping, Kingdom Leadership Equipping Academy. Um, this is uh, your host, Sean, and we are talking um, about um, Kingdom Leadership Equipping, <laughs> obviously. And of course, I have begun the whole Equipping Academy um, simply because this is something that I've been um, praying about and and had in my heart to do for some time so it just is the timing is important and sometimes we you know we hear get an idea from God we just rush into it we don't take the time to um, let God work it into into us you know we've got to get the green light from God first don't just do our own thing don't just run off and do stuff you know is that once you hear from God then you you know is then we we basically I mean, you you deal, talk to your your um, accountability, uh, you know, people, relationships, and uh, share your dreams, your visions with them. But when you hear from God, run. You know that that's when you run. But too many people just want to do things. Um, they hear something or they see somebody else doing it, and then they run off and do it. You know, I. I have had this in my heart to do for many years and just held on to it. You know, it's just like you say, Sean, you know, what's going to happen? The world is going to hell in the process. Well, you know, it's going to go to hell anyway. And uh, you just got to wait. You know, Jesus had to wait. Uh, it's like at 12 years old, he was gifted enough to confound the the scribes and the uh, lawyers and the Pharisees and the people, guys in the in the in the temple. And uh, yet when his parents came to find him, it says that he submitted or subjected himself to his parents and grew in character, grew in stature, grew in his character, in his substance and in wisdom and in the knowledge of God. So, you know, even though he was gifted, even though he was so knowledgeable that he astounded them and confounded them, he still subjected himself for the next 18 years we don't hear anything we don't see anything nothing is described about his life in that time so he was obscure and yet he he, he was there preparing all the time he was growing all the time and this is uh, the perfect god man you know the perfect god in the flesh emmanuel is is there subjected to his his um his uh, place right there uh, where he was planted and growing until the time, the set time of the Father. And then he steps out. And the thing about it is he accomplishes more in his three years than we do in 30 or 40 years of ministry. Uh, I don't know about you. It's kind of, you know, I did the 20 years of ministry. And I thank God for the results I, ha I had um, achieved, the things that happened there. It was in a little town. I never wanted to go to a little town, but God put me in a little town. And um, and I, I loved the people. I had wonderful relationships. I had super times. But God wanted to do a bigger work in me that he couldn't do there, uh, doing that. And, and I walked away from that not feeling accomplished, not feeling like I'd achieved what what was in my heart there was something in my heart to accomplish and so god takes me and puts me on this journey for the next so that was uh, 2003 and 4 that all ended 
2006, it kind of <laughs> it totally ended. And then, um, and since then, so we're talking, you know, what what is that, nearly 14 years, 14 years of just wandering around. In fact, I went to England. God would not allow me to get involved. The people wanted me to be involved. Thank God for the couple of things that I did do. But, and the people I met, the relationships I built, the, the input I gave into people's lives, that was like thrilling to me and that kind of like settled began to settle in my heart that's what god wanted me to do was just to mentor or or to um journey with people to invest in them uh, individually but god made me sit for eight years there eight years on the back seat of the of the local church there and just taught me uh, i mean i had so many struggles going on within myself but and and, you know, from there to here uh, in America, another four years here, just sitting and going through some very challenging things. And uh, and yet, you know, God um, was working all the time, bringing me to the place that it, it's like, yeah, um, after, after, you know, being diagnosed with a melanoma on my back, which is cancer, if you don't know that having it removed uh, surgically and not knowing. And there was like a, a time from the diagnosis or you know, from the test results, uh, from the diagnosis to the surgery, there was a period of time. And then from surgery to actually getting the, the new test results of uh, because they took a lymph node out of my arm and under my arm. And uh, all of that, you know, was like a... a, a a, a journey and in that time is like you you're you know it's like it could have spread it didn't so that the end result is this week i heard um the results came back absolutely negative even though the the little skin tumor had gone through already nothing had spread but of course i was attacking it with the word of god i was attacking it by faith um, because that thing is not allowed to live in my body in Jesus name, not allowed to live in my body. You know, I started off feeling a bit sorry for myself because, you know, how can I have cancer? You know, it's just like, but then it turned out like this thing is an enemy. It belongs in Deuteronomy 28, which is a curse of the law. And I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Psalm 101 verse three says that he has redeemed me from, um, the, the, um, he has redeemed me from the destruction of the flesh. And so, you know, it's like, I've been redeemed. I don't have to suffer this. I don't have to go through this. This is, doesn't belong in my body. So in the name of Jesus, and I began to curse it. I took, I mean, I would just I, up my whole faith game. And what it did was, that's the incredible thing was, it just like burst into resurrection life in a new, like an, a whole new invigoration inside of me. And I just sensed the Lord saying, because it rearranged all my priorities. Hey, when you get told that, you just like your whole, everything rearranges in your life. It's like suddenly my health, my faith, my relationship with God, my purpose in life, everything becomes more important at that point in time. They could have said it's stage two, stage three, stage four. I, you know, I did not know. Um, but it turns out to be stage 1A, which is... <laughs> Such good, good news, you know, praise God. I'm just walking around all the time, just thanking God, thanking God for his goodness in my life. But at that point in time is like it rearranges your whole perspective on things. And so I just like this is what I have to do. And and it was out of that moment. God said, I want you to start the academy. So anyway, so just a bit of history and a bit of um, context. Here we are 
on in the academy. So we started this week. It's not going to be every day of every week. You understand? So this is going to be uh, this week. Then I've got some more, which I'll do a little later. I'm going to ask other people to join me and share, uh, you know, whether however they feel they want to do it, whether it's teach it or or whether they want to um, go into have a discussion. And of course, the thing is, I'm looking for the thing that I'm going to be looking for is the ability to bring it from a kingdom perspective, not a church perspective, not a ministry perspective, not a gifting perspective, not my thing perspective. And there's very few people that I know can actually bring it from a kingdom perspective. So um, that is that is kind of like so at this point in time, if I pioneer with uh, with a few of my friends, please understand it's just people that I know that I have a relationship with. I'm not just inviting speakers. I I'm I'm working with people that I have a relationship with that I know will give you. Um, without the, in them representing themselves will give you what I believe would be the best for you um, so that you can grow, you know, and, and get the best out of it. So they, for you not to promote themselves. I'm not looking for self-promoters. I'm looking for people that will be promoting the king and his kingdom. All right. So that's really what I wanted to share with you. So as far as the introduction is concerned, it's Friday afternoon. I know uh, in one half of the world, everybody's asleep already. Uh, well, not asleep, but nearly asleep. It depends on what, if you're late owl or early owl. Um, you know, when they say when you go get to 60, your midnight is now nine o'clock, you know, in the at night. So um, that's kind of it. It's four, 4.30, nearly 4.30 here. So I know this side of the world, people are still awake. So if you're jumping on, but if you're on coming on the replay, great to have you as well. And of course, this is going on to the KLE podcast. If you want to pick it up there, um, I'm putting it on the KLE podcast as well. So um, the content would be available to you um, to to um, read through, look through, uh, listen to, and not read through, listen to um, at your at your convenience. You know, so whether you're driving or um, cooking or doing doing housework, walk going for a walk. You know, the here's a good time to take an hour or so and go for a walk and listen to the um, on the Kingdom Academy. Don't listen to it once. Listen to it over and over again because. I want this is about impartation. This is not about information. You can see I'm not working off. Um, I, I, I've got a few points I jot down, but I'm really sharing from a heart. I'm not just from from what God has shown me the way that I, I, I don't have it all. I don't I don't know it all. I'm definitely not sitting here as some guru. I just have had some experience. I've had to work these things through. I've had to renew my mind in a lot of these areas. I've been delivered from a lot of stuff. Uh, from my experience working with leaders, and these things have really been worked into my life. I've gone through disappointments, sad things. Um, I've grieved over seeing leaders who were so dynamic, so powerful, so impactful, so influential, not so anymore. And then I've seen others who, uh, who I think are, are, you know, shouldn't be in leadership, and yet they are. I look at politicians, I look at business leaders, and all around, I say, oh, we need a new generation of leaders. I put a poll in today in the Facebook group that said, you know, I, asked, I believe 
I believe in leadership equipping, excuse me, and uh, do you, you know, what do you believe, yes or no? Do you believe in leadership equipping? So maybe because I, I don't want to just put it out there because, I, you know, you better be equipped as a leader. I mean, you know, that's like not my heart at all. It's just, do you desire to, to be equipped to develop and grow and become an impactful kingdom leader? Because that's really where it is, is the more um, you become from a kingdom perspective, the more you do King, the king's way, the more impact and the, the greater lasting impact you have, because it's not about you. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. It's not about you. We, lead, we need leaders today who are more interested in history uh, than they are in um, their legacy or themselves, their ambition, you know, their accomplishment, who, who are more interested in making a difference than making an income. Uh, the income will come doing whatever you do, fulfilling your purpose. But, you know, that's the kind of leader we're looking for. More interested in generations than interested in themselves and building their thing. So that is by way of introduction. So um, yesterday or the day before yesterday, yesterday I spoke about, I, I pulled up a teaching I did an, a few years ago, which was on the apostolic, what is ap understanding apostolic leadership. If you haven't listened to that, very important, simply because um, the apostolic is kind of like the foundation. You'll see, I'll, I'll probably talk about it a bit today, but not not the apostolic, but where it fits into the thing. And we need to understand where we're Actually, maybe not. Maybe we'll do it another time. But get listen to that teaching because I I blow out some sacred cows out the water on that one, reestablish some things, and give give some perspective in the whole apostolic side of things that I think is necessary to understand. So um, we talk. You know, the Bible says it. Paul says we build on the the foundation of the apostles and prophets. So. One of the things about it is is that we we need that apostolic understanding. Unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to the apostolic. All right, so we need to we're going to talk about all right some of the vital principles of leadership today. Some of the vital principles of leadership, and let's jump right in there. Um, the first thing that so I, I'm just going to cover some things um, again, you know, I, these things, you're going to hear these things a number of times, um, just progressively, you know, there's going to be some things added, it's going to be put into a different context in different places. We'll also be talking about, um, we'll be talking about the practical side of leadership as well, communication, strategy. Um, we, we'll be talking about some of that stuff, but this is really foundational kingdom principles within the context of church, you know, is like, what what is what is the what is the us as the church? What should we be looking at when it comes to leadership and kingdom leadership? These are not principles only for church leadership. These are things that everybody needs to know. Everybody should know it. If the blind lead the blind, they both fall in a ditch. So we need blind guides leading blind people. Both fall in a ditch. So we need uh, leaders that have clarity that have vision, that have um, a, the right perspective, and we need followers. We need people that are joining them 
who have the right with clarity, open eyes, not caught up in religion, um, you know, etc. So whether you're a business person or not, whether you're a church leader or not, it doesn't really matter. The principles apply all around. And the more you understand them, the better you can contribute, the better you can uh, be involved in what the church is about. You can apply these principles anywhere uh, you are as a believer, as a son of God. All right. So, some of the principles that we are going to be talking about. In Matthew chapter 6.33, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. That doesn't, it's not a hierarchy of kingdom, da, 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 da. In, in fact, it could be. But the word first there is the word proton in the Greek, P-R-O-T-O-N. And proton means the order of first things or the, the first by order. So, there's other things that are important, but the kingdom is the most important. We kind of forget that we put our church first, we put our ministry, we put being, you know, everybody raised their hands first. We talk to people, as I've said before, about our pastor, our prophet, you know, our organization, our denomination, our church, our program our cell group, life group, Bible study, whatever it is, you know, it's like all the time people are always telling me how wonderful their ministries. One day I was talking to a, 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 a brother because I, you know, I was hurting. I, I was in a very bad place and I needed, I needed a friend. I needed a friend in ministry. I needed to talk to somebody who that I thought would be mature enough to journey with me and help me through that process. So I sat with a man and I began to talk, just talk about my hurts and you know. And he goes, um, "You just want sympathy. Let me tell you about my ministry." And, you know, in my heart right there, I said, I will never talk to you ever again. About I will never share my heart with you again. Um, because, you know, right there, you proved what, what you're about as your ministry. And I'm just like, you don't care. You, you just really don't care about anybody but your ministry. And, in fact, the same person another time, same thing, you know, it's just like, uh, let me tell you what we are doing, you know, what our ministry is doing, what I'm doing. And it's just like, you know, at that point in time, I actually wasn't interested. I'm not interested in you. You know, it's like right now, but it, it was a good place. I'm hurting. You don't care. And and really in that process, what it showed me, what God revealed to me was how we can basically discount people. We can discount them. Because they don't fit into my little world, into my ministry, and I want to talk about me and my ministry and my promote my thing. You know, it's like I want to sell me, and uh, you need to listen to me. I don't care where you are, and I, kind of like I've been there, and uh, I just realized, oh my word, you know, we we've got to get off this little soapbox that we have of our ministry and care about people. You know, it's a, a, um, you remember the, the story about Jesus when he was telling the story about um, when a, uh, a shepherd leaves the 99 to find the lost sheep and brings him back into the fold. And uh, that, as a pastor, I always struggled with that because I had the 99 and it got, like people would wander off and I'm like, you know, it's like they offended or whatever the story is and it's their problem. I've got to care for the, you know, I haven't got time to run after. And, you know, because running after the one is hard for me because I am an introvert. You know, I'm like, 
a, a, I'm not really this outgoing kind of visiting person, whatever the story is. I have to force myself, discipline myself to do that. And so it was easier for me to, to hide within the context of the crowd. And, um, until I became the one, until I was the one out there. And then I realized, uh, you know, the one is not important to you until you are the one. And uh, that is out there that's needing the shepherd. And the heart of the shepherd, you know, is like, that's when you, that's when you realize how important the one is. I'm, I'm the one. I'm the one. Where's the shepherd? Oh no, he's caring for the the the, the crowd. But what about me? You know. And there's a lot of people shouting, "What about me?" And I've learned now just to sit, listen, share stories with them, share my heart, share my life with them, listen to them, and and cry with them when they're crying. I'm crying when they're hurting. I'm hurting when they when they're offended. I understand. I understand. I'm not preaching to them. I'm not going to religiously slam them with stuff and say, you shouldn't be. The scripture says, some people have just become casualties and they just need somebody to love them and care. Be the, be the heart of the shepherd, you know, in that situation. A father's heart is also a shepherd's heart in that sense. He's like a father cares about his children. You know, he, he doesn't give up on them. He doesn't give it even when they stray away. We, we know that from the prodigal son. Now that that father didn't run after that son into the into the dregs of the world, but he stood there every day waiting, looking for his son. So when the son appeared, he ran to meet him, you know, and we we've, are we running to meet them at the right time? So that that is important. All right. So let's talk about the vital principles. So first, seek first the kingdom of God. So that's principle number one. And the principle number one is uh, never reason. The vital principle here is, is just never reason from the small to the big. Always, always reason from the big to the small. Now, what am I talking about? Well, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12, listen to this. It says, our bodies have many parts. We're talking this body now. It has many parts, not just one part. It's not just one part, okay? If the foot says, um, okay, now where am I? Many parts, uh, but the many parts, so the, the, our bodies have many parts, but the many parts make up only one body when they're all put together, all right? So, there's many parts, but it's all one body when they all come together. So it is with the body of Christ. Each of us is a part of the one body of Christ. That's the big. The big is kingdom. The kingdom of God that we represent, that we citizens of. That is, you know, nobody, no citizen, you know, is like, okay, when, when, uh, when, uh, a American citizen or an English citizen arrives in another country, they don't, they're not the country. <laughs> they, they are part of the country. And, and uh, so they kind of like represent, but they part of that. They're not the whole country. Does that make sense? All right. So 
Each of us is part of the one body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But the Holy Spirit has fitted us all together into one body. We have been baptized into Christ's body by the one Spirit, and we've all been given the same Holy Spirit. So that's the common denominator, is that uh, the governor of heaven living in all of us. All right? Um, then verse 14, yes, the body has many parts, not just one part. If the foot says I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that make it any less a part of the body? No. And what would you think if you heard an ear say, I'm not part of the body because I'm only an ear and not an eye? So no superiority, no inferiority. Would that make it less, any less a part of the body? No. Suppose the whole body were an eye, then how would you hear? And if your whole body were just one big ear, how could you smell anything? Now, this, this is important because this goes back to the first part of 1 Corinthians 12, where he says there are many charismas or many giftings, Holy Spirit um, uh, giftings. Th that's different from the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We understand it in church, all right? G charismas is that... Um, ability of the Spirit empowering um, each believer. And he says there are many of those, but it's the same Spirit. So in other words, you and me, we can have two different gifts. You know, I'm talking about not the gifts of the manifestations of the Spirit. We'll get onto that again. I've done so, that so many times because that is a big, big misunderstanding, but we won't do it, do it now. But it's like there's many gifts of the spirit or manif um, charismas of the spirit but it's the same spirit you and i could be different but it's the same spirit amen and we can be different parts of the body but we're the same we're the same body but what we do is we think i'm an ear everybody's an ear i'm the most important part and you need to hear forget the seeing forget the walking forget the balancing forget the Forget the veins, forget the nerves, you know, none of that matters. It's all about hearing. You've got to understand. You, are, you need to understand hearing. You need to listen to the hearing part. You need to pay attention to my, me as the ear. I am the most important ear there is around. In fact, I am the only thing that matters in this, in this realm. In fact, the matter is there could be other things involved. It doesn't matter. I'm the ear and that's it or the eye or the foot or whatever. You know, and some parts are not so honorable, and yet they're so very important, very, very important. So um, we need to understand that it's like the if if the whole body were just one big ear, how could you smell anything? But that isn't the way God has made us. He's made us many parts for our bodies, and has put each part just where He wants it, just where He wants it. What a strange thing a body would be if it had only one part. Verse 20, so he has made many parts, but still there's only one body. So we've got to reason, we've got to speak, we've got to be thinking. Our perspective has got to be from the big, from the body, from the kingdom to my contribution, my part. But we focus on the other way around. It's my part and then everything else. My church, my ministry, my gifting, you know, me... I, 
me the prophet, me the apostle, me the teacher, pastor, whatever, the evangelist, me, 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 I, 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 my program, my way, my franchise, the way I do it, you've got to buy what I sell. And that's it. You know, I'm the most important. And we don't reason from the bigger part to the smaller part, the larger part, from the whole to the small. And and so the eye can never say to the hand, um, I don't need you. The head can can't say to the feet, I don't need you. And, and some of the parts, that's what I was talking about earlier, that seem weakest and least important are really the most necessary. Trust me. Yes, we are especially glad to have some parts that seem rather odd. And we carefully protect from the eyes of others um, those parts that should not be seen. <laughs> While, of course, the parts that may be seen do not require the special care. So God has put the body together in such a way that extra honor and care are given to those parts that might otherwise seem less important. This makes for happiness among the parts so that the parts have the same care for each other um, than they do for themselves. And then verse 27 it says, now here is what I'm trying to say. All of you together are the one body of Christ, and each one of you is a separate and necessary part of it. Here is the list of some of the parts he's placed in his church, which is his body. First apostles, secondarily prophets. And again, the word first there is proton, not not the you know, it's like the apostle is the most important. It's not. It says, by the order of first things, the first comes first comes apostles. The apostles set the foundations, set the, 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 the foundations. That's what they do. They measure the thing out and they set it and listen to the, um, listen to, and then comes the rest. Okay, so um, the first principle is don't reason from your program, from your gifting, from your ministry. Change your perspective. And that's why you hear I talk about the kingdom all the time because I want to impress that upon our thinking is that we've got to begin to think from kingdom mentality first, from the kingdom way of reasoning things. All right. So that's most important. Um the other thing that I want to go back to is this one we looked at um, yesterday or the day before uh, is 1 John chapter 2 verse 12 to 14. And it's talking about um, uh, the family, the, the generations within the context of the ministry or within the context of God's body, within the context of the kingdom of God. You see, these are things that are kingdom mindedness is like, I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who's from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. Now, I'm not going to go through all of that again. Um, because uh, we we dealt with that as I said in in the um, in the day before yesterday, so you know two episodes ago, and so uh, or two units ago, but the thing to see is the multi generational concept within the context of family or, or of the church. John is writing to the church, and here he brings out very strongly 
the multi-generational side. And that's kind of a second principle within the kingdom of God for leaders that we need to, vital aspect that we need to consider is that we need to consider the fact that there is a multi-generational facet to what God wants to do. It's not about our church, you know, it's just like our program. Um, it's not about my members, my ministry, my church. It's about the family of God. It's, it's not just putting in new, new programs to see how many people we can win, but what are we doing to, um, to see a family growing? And it's kind of like, you know, churches struggle with this because the culture of church has, or, or the culture within the context of Christian has become very much um, membership, people, you know, just joining a thing and getting involved in whatever, you know, whatever programs are happening. And you kind of get told you have to join this program, that program, or this and that. And it depends how big the church is. You know, the bigger churches, like they can't take everybody in one thing. So they've got all these little programs running on and everybody's joining that. And, and it's the culture is organizational. It's management. It's about, uh, and you know, management's good, but not in this context. It's all about the leadership is about leading an organization, a corporate organization. It's about driving a machine. It's not family. And uh, there's no life to things like that. The life is just the enthusiasm, the passion. If you, if you fall off the bandwagon, tough baby, you're gone. You know, there's no, there's no foundational elements laid in anybody's life. Equipping is all about how you can contribute to making our machine move, grow, uh, go faster and get bigger. And so it's interesting to me, you know, young people constantly uh, contact, you know, talk to me and say, are we going to this church? When suddenly it's gone, when it was small, everybody knew each other and whatever. And then it's grown now and it's this big machine. And suddenly the pastor's talking about um, uh, becoming the biggest in the area, the biggest in the city, the, you know, bigger, bigger, bigger. We're going to become a bigger church and we're going to plant lots of bigger churches and, and I will be over all the bigger churches. And, and so it goes on and on and on, you know, and uh, this is not, this is not, you know, this is not the way of the kingdom. It, the, the kingdom of God works on family. It's all about relationship. And this relationship is based upon this multi-generational generational process of there is um, moms and dads, they're babies. The word children is napios, babies, non-speaking, not speaking yet, uh, still developing, still growing and developing. Um, the, the young men, there's a, there's a word from it. I, I just, I can never remember that word. And so let's see if I can find it for you. Um, let me see quickly, because that would be interesting. Here we go. Let's go here when it opens up. Give me a moment here and let's go down to, uh, oh no, man, I want that. Let's go down to 1 John, 1 John chapter 2 and uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 14, I think it was, right? Um, little children, children is um, technion, technon there and, and um, fathers is pater. Now I'll get to that. Pater, P-A-T-E-R. That's the that's father, and a young man here is Nianiskos. Nianiskos, which means youthful or young men. It's kind of like those that are ready to go to war, kind of thing. And um, and then fathers known from the beginning are written to you, young men, because 
Um, fathers, because I've known this from the beginning, I've written to you young men because you have strong... Um, I don't know. It's never quite the same. Uh, anyway, the the word babies or or children is they've. It's like it's it's like the the babies the 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 young ones the very young ones they're not ready for anything yet, and and then you've got the the um and what did I call say that it was uh, niascos or something. Niniascos, uh, where's the young young people? Where are they? Young men. So uh, Nianniskos, Nian. So that's N-E-A-N-I-S-K-O-S. Nianniskos, um, which is the uh, yeah youth. So under forty. How's that? How's that for generational thinking? You know, is like, uh, and it comes from Nianis. A youth up to forty years um, of age. All right, so um, so yeah, it's like right up to forty, um, and then you've got the the moms and dads from that point onwards. So the over forties are the moms and dads. So what is another principle, a vital principle of of um, of understanding leadership? Is in this process there is family, and you've got to ask yourself: is that is is that the culture? That we are building are we building an organizational culture are we building a machine culture are we building uh, just a mega culture are we building this ministry culture or are we building and ministry this you know the real the real term the real definition of ministry um would very much enhance what we're talking about but our idea of ministry is Preaching, shouting, you know, got to have a sound system, got to have music, got to have, you know, whatever we got to do to make it like look spiritual and get more power and stuff like that. And, you know, <laughs> images go through my mind, you know, teaching just like whole teaching stations, you know, or uh, whatever the story is. And very little family orientation, very little. It's one of the reasons why Steve Bissett and I on that, on the podcast, we kind of just sit and talk, you know, talk backwards and forwards rather than teaching. And we are teaching, I suppose, because, but we're sharing with each other rather than trying to teach, you know, we, like we don't, whatever, uh, because we want to have it conversational. I, I love it when um, young people come and hang out with me and we just talk, you know, and just family. And and as I said before, it's just like that's why I'm not too, too interested in, in people just asking me to, inviting me to preach uh, and minister and then they because they're wanting money out of the situation is that no relationship people are asking me for money and are going like you know build my church uh, you know um, support my ministry and it's just like you have no relationship with me you've not journeyed in relationship with me you're not you're not walking in responsibility and accountability with me why would i why would i just give you money you know it's just like i'd rather support people that i have a relationship with that that um you know have built that over time and we've got to learn to do that we've got to learn to build relationship within the context of the church and of in and, and our concept of of the, the the spiritual world that we're living and growing right here so within that context so we can see this multi-generation you have to ask yourself principle what is the culture? What a culture are we building? And people fight you. You know, we don't trust each other. It's just like, oh my goodness, you know, are you building family? And family means it takes time. 
Family can be messy. Families are sometimes ugly. It's not always beautiful. It's not always nice. It's all, not always uh, smiles and huggies and, and stuff, man. Teenagers slamming doors. Kids are throwing a tantrum. You know, mom and dad are not, you know, just like, okay, we're not quite best friends now, but our relationship is never negotiable. We, we you know, Michelle and I married 40 years this year, and it's, we've had our differences. It, we still do. And it's like, but we love each other, you know? And, uh, but do we always agree? No. Do we always, uh, do we always think we, the best person in the world? No, but you know, it's not negotiable um, outside of that. It's like, it's not negotiable. It's just like, we are committed to each other because we have a relationship. We believe in our relationship. We walk that relationship. Why don't we have that in, in the church? Steve and I, we did a podcast today and it was just like, Hey, um, you know, we, we see this in families, Christian families, church families, uh, in church, people don't know how to deal with one another. Business leaders, Christian, so-called Christian business leaders with kingdom businesses do not know how to build, how to maintain, how to value relationships in churches all the time. We, we, we don't value the relationship. We, people violate something, boom, they're gone, baby, rejected, kicked out. Religion, religion divides, religion punishes, religion, you know, just... <laughs> Gets down, rejects people, but not the kingdom of God, not true relationship, not true family. Family, we walk through things with each other. We, you know, prepare, and people are hungry for that. Now, within the context of family, so you've got to look at what culture you're building, but then also, is there mentoring? You know, is that the moms and dads are there? There's got to be moms and dads. Leadership is always about having growing up to that place your goal should be maturity your objective should be mature people in the church moms and dads in the local church and i'm talking about in the church at large you know where are the moms and dads do you have older couples that you can go to that are mature enough and that the pastor won't feel insecure about do we have moms of, of the pastors, and I, I, you know, I don't like the concept, but be that as it may, are the pastors open to being approached by mom and dad? You know, it's just like one pastor, one young pastor disagreed with me, and he disres—he was so disrespectful, spoke behind my back, you know, and he, then he lied in, to me in, in, you know, <laughs> to top it all, simply because he wanted to protect himself. Is because we don't value, you know, to him he was the king. He was more important than anything. And so then it becomes like, it doesn't matter if you are mature, older, there's no acknowledgement of that. It's just, you're not fitting into my machine. You're not oiling my machine. You're not driving my machine. You don't want to, you don't want to contribute to my machine. So therefore I reject you. You, you will, and, and I'll make sure everybody else rejects you as well, because you're not, you know, you could be a threat to my childish ways. <laughs> we gotta we gotta learn to give up our childish ways. Amen. It's like this is not leadership. Leadership is going like where are the where are the um older people? Where are the the mature ones that can that are you know can put into our life that can mentor us? Now the word pater, that's important. Now P-A-T-E-R, when it speaks about fathers, that speaks about mo spiritual moms and dads. Okay, spiritual moms and dads. And and uh, the word pater means to model and to mentor, to model and to mentor. Those are two things. This is another vital aspect of leadership is that as a leader, 
you will be a model and a mentor. So number one, you're going to be building the right, you're going to be reasoning, your perspective is going to be different. So you're not going to reason from your little part, you're going to be reason from, reason from the body to the part, to your contribution rather than the other way around. Number two is you're going to be building, always building in your business, it, whatever your dealings, you're going to be building family. You're going to be loving people. You're going to be developing family. Family has confrontation, etc., etc. So we'll talk about that more. So there is um, families. Number two, number three is you will be a vital aspect. Is you'll be mentoring, modeling as a spiritual. Uh, as part of that spiritual family. We need those moms and dads in there that are going to be doing that, all right? And we don't give room for that. We don't grow people up. We t you know, leaders are too insecure for that. And uh, But leadership is that. <laughs> but we need that in the body of Christ. That's that's what people, we we have a problem. I don't know about, you know, anywhere else, but in the Western world, we definitely have a problem with that. And definitely in the church, we don't have that. Uh, there's no moms and dads sitting down. And you know what really struck me was in Titus, it goes like the older men are to train the younger men and the older women are to train the younger women. And, and, and you know, that's like, that was the order of how things worked. We don't have that anymore. We kind of lost that building because we organizational. So there has to be fathering. There has to be mentoring. There has to be modeling. All right. And I say father, because we, we've got to raise up. Okay, so <laughs> the other thing about that we've got to understand is there is a process, a journey. It's discipleship. The journey of discipleship, we've lost that. The strategy of Jesus still stands, which is going, go and make disciples. And um, th that word, making disciples, is a lot deeper than just teaching. Um, the King James, I think, says teach. But it, the word there is, um, or, and teach them to observe. That's what it says. Teaching there is impartation. It's a lot more than just, you know, having a group of people that you stand and teach. So I'm busy teaching, but this is part of an equipping part process, all right? But the the but I'm trying to impart as well. That's why I don't have notes. I just have points because I'm just giving you my heart in this. <laughs> and uh, that we, we, we need to understand is that um, there's a process. We've got to take people on a journey. The journey is to... The goal is to maturity. The objective is for them to become moms and dads. That's got to be our objective. That's the journey we've got to take them on. There is a journey. It's not just come and sit in a class, come and sit on Sunday, come to my Bible study. There's a journey of relationship that we've got to build. And that comes brings me to the next point is that We've got to always be building from relationship to structure. We, I, I was talking to somebody and the other day, and we were just talking about the structure within within the local church and what it should look like, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And as you know, the thing about it to me is is that two things. Number one is that we've got relationship and that we bring life to that relationship. When we do a lot of these things, work out. I don't have to force you to be submitted to something. If we're in relationship with each other, you, you know what I'm saying is like you will recognize my part. I recognize your part and we work and we respect, we honor that and we work together as leaders. We cannot demand honor. We cannot demand respect. You cannot. You earn respect. You earn honor. You cannot um, force authority. You earn the place because people recognize it in you because of your relationship. 
I, I have a problem when people just walk into a situation and because they have a title and a position, they demand everybody should adhere to them. It's just like, you know, go away. I really, you know, it's like, this is not God. This is not God. But when somebody walks into a room and they are carrying something in their relationships and their heart, people recognize it and they will respect it. And that's really, you know, Paul says, I, I may be an apostle, I may not be an apostle to others, but I am to you. Why? Because he had a relationship with them and it wasn't for crowds. Trust me, it wasn't for crowds. It, you know, listen to the um, understanding apostolic leadership. So that is important. We, we need to understand is that we've got to think relationship, then structure relationship then structure i heard one guy one friend of mine talking about teaching about this and he got it's like structure is the bones within the body it's there you it's absolutely necessary but if you the more you can see the structure the unhealthier the body is you know so the more you can see my bones if you can see all my bones there's something wrong with this body you know because now the structure is everything and there's no flesh there's no life to it there's no functionality to it there's no uh, you know there's no vibrancy there's no health to it that you know it's like yeah you you can't see a lot of my bones right now you know it's, but but they there <laughs> it's just like there and the structure should be the same the structure is there but the relationships that make up that body all the parts of the body make up the body and the you know no the body cannot do without the parts the parts make up the body but within that to keep that body moving vibrantly um, and and uh, solidly and progressing it has to have the structure but you can't see the structure you shouldn't have to see it's that internal part of you if you've got this external structure imposed upon you you know then you are you're unhealthy body you can and what we do is we try and create this and fashion it and so that's why organigrams just don't work in the body of christ don't work it's a body it's not a organization it's a body and so um we've got to reason we've got to think it's a principle relationship first then structure it'll work for you in any area of life work from the relationship value the relationship build the relationship you know, it takes years to lay the right foundations to bring people to that place. Don't rush the process. Don't rush the journey. Journey with people until um, those that relationship is solid. Because you're looking not for ministers. You're looking for the sons of God. You're not looking for the ministers of man, the sons of God, because the sons of God carry the government of God, carry the heart of God, will carry the heart of a family, will carry the generational. They'll be mature enough to represent father, not themselves. You understand? So that's why you've got to build these things. If you are a person that's going to build something as a leader, then that's what you will be doing. Even if you're not building something, if you're part of something, that's what you will do. Look for that. Look how you, what you, who you can journey with in in taking them on that journey. And then, um, yeah. So that's a journey to uh, maturity. So, yeah, that's basically <laughs> all the vital points that I wanted to bring to you right now. Is to think about these areas. If you are a pastor, if you are somebody. Um, leading a local church if you're an elder 
then these are definitely areas that you need to listen to this again and again and again, write it down, think about these, ponder these areas. These are things I talk about all the time. These are things that are very important to me. I've learned a lot uh, of, of the uh, verbiage um, or the, the technical definition of this, the wording, etc. from, from um, people that I respected and admired and... Um, and so it's it's very important. It's very important that we get this and really begin to practically live this out. This is not something you're going to get knowledge on. You know, this is not point A, point B. These are principles. Principles are like life-giving laws, life-giving forces that need to be injected and lived into the body of Christ. These are vital aspects of it. And, and uh, you've got to get this and you know as part of you and then live them into where you are um, you, you this is not just something some information some content i know you want to go to a bible school where you get given you know step one step two write an exam and you pass it you get a certificate and it says you are now anointed powerful man of god you know it doesn't work like that we that that breeds orphans that just breeds orphans it, it enhances your gifting you know props you up with an, with some content and a certificate it means nothing i promise you it does nothing it's just another religious tag that you can carry i'm sorry if that's what you you know one guy wrote to me and said you know if i go on this stuff um your your uh, on your um units will i get a certificate <laughs> no you know it's like i'm hoping that that when you're on this, we will begin to meet in groups, KLE 12 groups, and um, and we'll be able to thrash out the stuff, talk about it, and uh, grow, develop, build from there, and impart this stuff, and uh, and it becomes not this, it becomes a journey, not a Bible school you attend. You understand? It's like Bible school is just part part of a machine. And I'm not, you know, downgrading people's Bible school stuff, you know, please. I'm just like, this is not it. All right. This is not it. If you're looking for a, a culture of getting content, you know, three steps in a poem, you know, wrong place, wrong place. If you want to come to a spiritual understanding of how, what is the, what is the purpose? How does the kingdom of God work? What are the principles that bring life? to where I am bring I want to be a life bringer that was that's what makes the difference people are looking for life they're not looking for your religion they're not looking for your preaching they're not looking for your church they're not looking for your gifting they're not looking for your organization they're looking for life people want life Jesus said I've come to give life and life more abundantly not death more you know readily <laughs> they want life they want life they want life give life release the life of God Li you know the life doesn't come because you can preach louder and sweat more than anybody else um, everybody wants to be TD Jakes TD Jakes is TD Jakes you're not TD Jakes you can't be me I'm Sean I'm created unique in God. There's no other Sean like Sean. Thank God. It's just like, I'm who I am. And, and when I found that out, it was life to me. And now I bring life to others just in who I am. You know, I, I don't have, I don't have jolly sermons and stuff worked out and, you know, special stories. I just talk about 
things that have impacted me that I want to impact you with. <laughs> life. What are you doing to bring life? And life works in these principles. These are the principles I, be, I stand on. And it's not because they're my principles, because they are life principles that the kingdom of God is built on. Built on family. Built on, on um, the body and parts of the body. Built on, on, on you know, spiritual maturity. Built on relationship. Not structure. Built on relationship. Most people are working from structure to relationship. First the structure, then the relationship. It's the other way around. It's the other way around. Everything works out. You know, it's just like everything works out in through a relationship. Jesus didn't come telling the disciples, you're going to be a prophet, you're going to be a teacher, you're going to be this, you're going to be that. It's, he built the relationship first with them spent time with them spoke to them intimately when they even when there was crowds it would speak to them building their relationship and the day came when they stepped into who they were they were like called the apostles the original foundational apostles but you know they <laughs> peter calls himself a fellow elder he doesn't even he doesn't even make a big thing of who he was you know he says hey, man, i'm a sim presbyteros I am a, a fellow elder with you. 1 Peter chapter 5, I think it is. And, and uh, you know, so they understood that because that's why Jesus built the whole, the whole thing. The, the, you know, built the kingdom of God because that's what Jesus came to do was to build, the, establish the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is established in relationship, building family, and, um, and then taking people on a journey. That's discipleship, taking people on a journey. So that is from today's, you know, um, unit, <laughs> uh, module, whatever you want to call it. Today's uh, part of this. Uh, hey, I'd love to hear if you have questions, insights, um, you know, if there's something that is uh, not clear, ask. Hey, that's what, what I'm here for. Others can maybe contribute as well. And I'd uh, love to hear from you as you proceed in this, whenever, whenever you're listening to this, take the time. So anyway, so this is this week um, for from Tuesday. Actually, are we a day behind now? Well, probably, hey, we should have been Monday to Friday, but uh, I started on Tuesday, kind of like a mold over it on Monday. So we're still in the process. So maybe I need to do one more tomorrow. I'm going to be posting um, the conversation with Stephen Sean tomorrow as well. But um, yeah, I'll probably have to do another session tomorrow just to make up the five. So we got f the five as we go along. All right. So, hey, great to have you with me. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm just trusting God that you will s grasp this. I pray God will open your eyes that you will see clearly these principles and God will give you wisdom on how to implement them you know how to apply it not for your benefit but for others uh, to bring life to the body of Christ to bring the to establish the kingdom of God that's most important to establish the kingdom all right so appreciate you love you lots we'll be talking more about relationship as we go um, I, I believe we've got to do more equipping in that area anyway Okay, so have a super Friday, super weekend. Love you lots. And uh, this is Sean saying God bless you until next time.